1: It is the Anfield Wrap. I am Neil Atkinson. After uh, Liverpool beat Everton 2-0 at Anfield. Uh, difficult, that one. Happens a lot. So in the 2023 version of when Liverpool... October 2023 version of when Liverpool beat Everton 2-0 at Anfield. Uh, for this season, the Anfield Wrap is sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. Uh, it's a massive uh, runner sport with the Premier League, uh, Rugby Union, whether you like it or not, and cricket all taking centre stage. Uh, and Green King is giving listeners of this podcast 20% off drinks until the 29th of October. So, you've got a little bit more, f- a few more days on that one. Before Jordan and after the sport, all you've got to do is download the Green King Sports app. If you've not downloaded it before, you'll even get a free welcome pint. So, get to the app store, Green King Sports app, and get 20% off, uh, and don't miss a minute of the action. Um, we will go into Liverpool 2, Everton nil, and Neil Jones. It's You'll always watch a Merseyside derby with your inner chimp out. Um, the goals come late on, but it's a strange combination of ultimately comfortable but strangely nervy when you didn't need to be.
4: Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose often you sort of maybe you worry is are they going to score first or, or, or equalise? but I actually think the, the main worry was are Liverpool going to score I don't think Everton were ever going to score apart from maybe the first which is 90 seconds right. seconds the yeah, of the game. Um, Liverpool were weird I thought if sort of overall performance you'd say I think they were at the same time a bit too intricate and then shooting from miles out as well, so it was sort of, like, sort of a, a weird combo. I think the thirteen shots from outside the box yeah. in the game. Um, but again, going back to the sort of such a, a hackneyed sort of point moment, this this Liverpool two point oh. I did think they'd score as it was going on. I did think they'll they will get one. At some point, they will get one. I never ever felt that Everton would. So yeah, you're, you're right. Maybe that played a little part in the atmosphere a bit. I don't think it was the same kind of. Um, feeling of like, come on, come on, let's get this goal, I think sort of almost the crowd felt,
1: I think we're going to score here and we'll win 1-0, and actually it turned out to be 2. Josh Williams, I think that's a really interesting aspect, I, th- I think that maybe, just maybe, if it goes five more minutes at 0-0, there'd be a bit of anxiety and spread, I just don't think the Anfield crowd, and I also sort of feel the Everton end, and I want to come on and talk about that, I think everyone was just waiting for Liverpool to score, uh, you know, the, the the penalty almost just put, and even the fact that it's a penalty where there's been two or three big shouts before then, it just sort of put everyone out the misery,
0: yeah, it was a it was a strange sort of game to be honest. Um I think uh, it, it it didn't overly feel like a derby to me. And um yeah, I think the early kick off for me kind of played a bit of a part in like just the the pace of Liverpool's game and um maybe the intensity of it and things like that. But yeah, I think I think if both teams played as like silhouettes, you, you wouldn't have known it was Liverpool versus Everton. You know, I don't think I don't think either team played in like classic derby manner. Yeah. But and I think you know it was kind of like a you know a much much more dominant team against the and and an inferior side for for the most part when it was when it was eleven men against eleven men and I think once it went down to ten and it was just classical like a, attack versus defense. Um, I must admit I was I was patient like but I was getting to so a point where I was thinking I'm not sure Liverpool are gonna break through here just because it did feel kind of stale. It felt like kind of a non contest even though Liverpool needed to find a goal. Um, but eventually we get there. We get the penalty and to be honest it felt like a bit of a. Um, a repayment of what happened at Spurs all in one game almost, didn't it? Like, you know, getting getting a red card in our favour, getting a red card um kind of overlooked in Canada's since and then getting a penalty. Um so yeah, just kind of get out of there and another three points really. Another three points, Kieran Molyneux, and this is part of of what I think Liverpool
1: what Jurgen Klopp wanted to turn this fixture into. Yeah. And I think he's achieved it with the, the home version of this game and I want to come on and talk about that in a few minutes. But the away version, I think, is still is still a little bit uh, a little bit out of his reach, but he has achieved it with the home version of this game, and it just now becomes so run of the mill. And I think that that's that's ultimately the way in which it was on Saturday. As I say again, if it had gone five more minutes, maybe we'd have all been much more fraught. But I was just looking at this, thinking Liverpool are going to find a way. and It feels like that. I mean, I remember when Klopp first came in,
3: you you could tell he wants to take the emotion out of the Anfield derby. He he didn't want it to be flying into tackles and people getting sent off early and. All that type of stuff that we associate with 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 classic derbies, um, and it seems like that it seems like he's got he's got his wish. We just treat them as a as a bottom half team, and we just keep grinding and keep believing the goal will come. But I agree with what the rest of the lads have said. It just doesn't feel like it used to in a, in, a, in a derby. It does feel like it's you know it's a bit of a foregone conclusion now that Liverpool will get chances and Liverpool will make things happen. And I think. From an Everton perspective, they're probably using that Allardyce derby as a blueprint of just try and just stifle the old thing completely. Don't even try and win.
1: And see what we can get out of it. There's something, Neil Jones, it's worth remembering Klopp's first derby um was the one uh, in, in his his partial season. Lucas has the shots, we all remember that Liverpool dominate the game. Everyone's tails up, it's a bit of a big night at Anfield, but Origi gets done. He gets a the terrible tackle from Foodes Mori and he gets injured. And I feel like since then, Liverpool are almost the th- they're not quite not engaging but everything feels as though right we don't take a in every sense you just don't take a risk there's no and I wonder whether or not that's really that has a bit of an impact maybe even on the manager where he thought I don't want that to happen I don't want, I don't want the game how do we not just not just win the game but win it in a way that there's never blood and thunder there's never a bit of that you know and, and, and he man- as I say I think he's managed to pull and, I, and from his point of view it's great management I'm not having a go I think he's managed to pull a lot of the occasion out of the occasion if you see what I mean
4: yeah, I think, I think Everton play a part in that because I, I spend Sunday with a lot of Everton fans at, at, at football and even they, I think they, they sort of write the Anfield derby off a little yeah. bit. I think, I think even the fact that they sort of got the one in, in the COVID era sort of like just that's all right now you know for another five or six years we won't need to worry about breaking that sort of habit, if you like. They don't, they don't really feel like they're going there, I don't think, to do anything other than sort of nick a draw and upset Liverpool. And, you know, we saw, what was it, um last season, they probably should have gone there trying to win, but they they just got Daish in, hadn't they? The season before, they were trying to stay up and Liverpool going for the title. So it was like, it was literally a nil-nil would have been a, a win for them. But I don't think they, I mean, I, I don't I don't think they, they particularly played like it was a, a blood and thunder derby. I don't think Liverpool sort of had anything to to avoid in in sense of bad tackles or anything like that. I thought they played... Just an okay game, you know, in, in the sense of in, in sense of what they do. So, I think it's as as Keogh says, really, that they're just Liverpool have just taken them into being a, a team that's in the bottom half of the Premier League at home and one that you might have to be a bit patient with. And I also think Liverpool now look, and I know we're going to talk about it. They look and said, you know, after an hour, we've got we've got the options, we've got the guns there that we can go and change it. So it's no need to panic at this moment. The
1: other part of it on this one, Josh, is that it's post international break. And I think you got to see us be with against both ten and eleven. Just a little bit post international break break sloppy. And what I mean by that is the manager talks a lot about rhythm. And I think just thinking you can just switch back on when you've been doing something else is complicated. And then that's also further complicated in Well, how many minutes of Suboslai and Graven Birch spent on the pitch together so far? It's really not that many. And then how many minutes of Sub spent with with Saladin Sabosli and and McAllister, who've had the most time together, well, yeah, but it's still, only, it's still only eight or nine games by this point. And that's the case sort of dotted all over the pitch in this one, even partially that part that's that shimmy left-back. You know, you look around there, the idea of, you know, it isn't like it was um, four seasons ago, where it's an international break, but then you get back, Fabinho, Henderson, Wijnaldum, all played together. Up front, Salah, Mane, uh, Firmino, all played together. The back four's the back four, all played. That's gone now. You know I think I think we'll we'll see this a couple of times over the course of the season where there will be odd games
0: where there's not quite in, in, in not quite as synchronised as you'd like. Yeah, well this is where I said before about just kind of getting the three points and getting out of there really, because it was it was that kind of tricky, tricky dynamic when you look at the game and you know, early kickoff, international break, uh attack against defence for a large portion of the game because of the the red card and stuff. Um obviously the fact that to a major side derby as well and you know, you mentioned Simicast there, I was going to say that myself, you know, Robertson is a, a seasoned performer who's just regular every single week for Liverpool and he went there. Simicast is a different sort of player for me. Uh, Gravenberg, I thought, was very, very good, but, you know, he's spot on in the, in the sense that he's kind of still getting to grips with the Premier League and things like that, so it really wasn't kind of like an easy an easy um, puzzle to solve, really. And I think, crucially, though, Liverpool come out with three points, Liverpool come out with a relatively comfortable win, and I think maybe last season, Maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe I think the the great Liverpool team that Carabelli established at Liverpool. You know, they they were able of able to win in multiple different ways. They never really looked, um, even when they were performing a little bit below standard, but a little little bit below their usual standard, they would just kind of deliver a win, deliver a three point victory, um, and just get out of there and move on to the next one and maybe deliver the better performance next week. And I think this team so far, I still think so far, even though we're like. I think, a point off the top now. I still think we've got a lot in the tank still. I think we're much to improve and lots to iron out and stuff. But we're back at that point now where even despite that, we're winning games relatively comfortably as well. I completely agree. In terms of having stuff to learn,
3: you can see it. You can see that when you say nine games, it's nothing, is it? Do you know what I mean? It's absolutely nothing. And these are players that have all got massive ability. We can all see the quality. But they've played together to nine games. And that's, the most that any two have played together. So, yeah, there's lots to learn. And the game is a 12.30 kick-off, international break, which we know, we've seen the stats, the Wolves one and stuff before the Wolves game and stuff. We've seen it. Liverpool struggle sometimes in the, in, in them games. And I had a mate man mind the weekend was saying, how much difference is it? You know, if you play at half two, if you play at four o'clock, it's only a matter of hours. But it's quite clear it does make a difference because you can see every time Liverpool play at half 12, it's a little bit more difficult for them. And again, attack against the defense for the whole game. The red card for Everton probably makes things a little bit harder initially. They probably get Ever- Everton probably switch on even more initially and get more organised. They were never going to go at us, but they, lo- they lose a man. It just it didn't it didn't change their game plan whatsoever. It was just stifle the game and sound frustrate Liverpool. And just made up. We got we got the three points because
1: it was a massive game. <coughs> no excuses, Neil. And this is one of the things you know, Josh's point about last season they don't feel sorry for themselves at any point. You know, they, they, they keep persevering. I even thought the response from all the players to the, the VAR check on the handball was pure patience, pure this is going to be all right in the end and for me, that that looked like a marked difference. They were just beginning to turn the screw when I thought the red card came. I thought the goal was coming and I think the red card, I don't think it makes it, yeah, I take you know, Keogh's point, I don't think it actually makes it harder before half-time but it just makes it different mm. for everyone and then I think it is a bit harder for the 15 after half-time because Everton are so committed but they were just beginning to turn the screw. It doesn't come, but they just appear to have so much patience, and no one's got a hide in place.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you know you've played in Saturday, Sunday league games where you sort of you you almost hear that shout of "Don't keep off the ref back, keep off the refs back," and you'll you'll come, it'll come your way, and you'll sort of pay. I, I know it's it's through a VAR check, but I think Liverpool, you could see it was in their mind of like you saw Van Dijk almost close line trend when he was trying to get into the referees here and just said, "No, come come away." let not get into this sort of playing the referee or playing the sort of, you know, the, the the woe is me um scenario, which it could be, you know, you could be guilty of doing if you've you've had what you've had at Tottenham, you could get into that thing, oh, another one going against us or whatever. They just carried on playing and I mean you you look at you look at some of the players and you sort of look and go, Well, well who was who stood out really and who played really well? I, I'll probably only say Van Dyke, uh, of the starters, you know, who I thought was was absolutely superb. I I, I give Allison his props, and I think Allison's a big part of seeing the the way this team's developing. Those those like reverse passes he plays out of out of the back, where everyone yeah. goes ah, and then just goes oh, it's a lovely ball. And I think that's a, a key thing where we you've got used to Liverpool out of the right back, out to Trent down the line to Salah and playing out, and now you're almost seeing it. Everyone's planning for that, and Liverpool are trying to play a different way through the middle of the pitch, and it's going to take some time to get there, but it is getting there. You can see more and more signs that through, through that repetition and that familiarity they're getting to a stage where they've got that way of playing and we know that they can always go back to the old way of playing as well and playing, we, we saw it I think with was Bournemouth wasn't it, the, the game in particular where they, they went very traditional and just went right, we're going to play right and left back and we're going to play down the
1: flanks they've got a few little um. Strings to the bow now Which is definitely encouraging It feels like playing Through the midfield Is getting a little easier For them uh, I think Gravenberg For the first half an hour Helps that But I don't think he's The only sort of part Of why that's working I found the sort of The general McAllister Dissection after the match To be a little bit odd uh, Around that And that I just think it Played well I thought it played well And I think it's also it's, it's, it's a great example Arguably of a game Where you want Whoever you hold it Is to be able to be Really progressive at all times What's the point of having a holder Who isn't progressive at all times yeah. Coming up against Coming up against a team who we're sitting there anyway, and we're only going to do more of it uh, once they go down to ten. Yeah, I think it's coloured a little bit by the first thing he does in the game, isn't it? When he takes off the keeper and
4: gives it away, kind of cavalier and on has the header, but I didn't see too much of that. Maybe there's the odd time when you think, okay, Fabinho or Henderson maybe doesn't get muscled quite as, as easily in a in a sort of a, a shoulder to shoulder. But I thought he I thought he played excellent. I thought Gravenberg, I mean, I'm I'm all over Gravenberg as a player. I think he reminds me a bit of like. Like if Adam Lalana was a you said like, you know, you if you give him a bit of sort of, <laughs> I'm, I'm sort good of good eyes good. And, and say he's like you he, will he'll, he'll take a ball anywhere, he's got that little roll that he's got with with his back to a player. He never seems to you never think he's gonna lose it in a in a sort of you know, when someone's tight. He's just got that real confidence in his game and I mean, like you say, what well, that was his first Premier League start. You know, what's his is it fourth start, is it maybe yeah. third start? Um he's only gonna get better you'd think and I think he I think he's a, a player that you know, I know everyone's really excited about Suboslai. I think McAllister is going to be an excellent signer. I think Mc, um, sorry, I think has got a real sort of real potential to be an excellent player for Liverpool.
0: Yeah, I think um, earlier in the summer, I I think I compared Gravenberg on one of these shows to Ezek and uh, I got. Slated for it by, on on Twitter because it got clipped. It got put on Twitter, and I was like, nightmare the way they clip you on this. <laughs>
1: Honestly, the way you do context, uh, you know,
0: yeah. don't do stand for it, Josh. That's what I'm saying. Go on. Know, this is probably getting clipped now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's he's he, the way he receives the ball in particular. Like you can tell he's kind of like a product of like an Ajax possession based academy and that. And um, you know, I thought Harvey yeah, Elliott made a difference when he came as yeah. well. And seems of just like making the ball stick and finding the pockets and things like that. And, um, to be honest, I think it was one of them games where I, I think on the back of the game, in terms of the results, the referee gets a lot of the spotlights in terms of like either side of the game, didn't send Kanate off, sent Young off, um, and gave Liverpool a penalty. But I think the way in which we kind of adapted to the, the ten men thing in, in terms of from Klopp's perspective at least, I think it it really did change the game, especially the way in which Diaz Eventually won the penalty with that handball because Diaz was played as a left back for their for their from the hour onwards, um, and we kind of rolled back the system to like, um like like the original blueprints that we had with with Liverpool where it was like high flying full-backs and a midfield department that is kind of holding the fourth as a three in the middle, um but rather than it being Henderson Wildem, Fabinho it was, you know three creators essentially in McAllister uh, Elias and and so much like so. We kind of really mixed it up in that sense. And then Diaz is the one who ends up getting the ball in space on the flank and, and driving at his man. And, you know, he wins the penalty as a result of that. So these kind of things get overlooked a little bit, I think, when it comes to, to these big refereeing decisions. But I think Liverpool generally got it right, yeah.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
2: That is a harsh lesson in business.
3: Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as I, bringing a bunch of big names together. I
2: didn't want to do another stop you out speech.
1: It opened so, up so many more you know, doors. See. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The thing with the subs, Keo, is it looks to me like the manager's having the time of his life with his, with his staff. That he feels is that he looks there and it, it's so many options. And he is bold. In that moment, you know, if, if they're bold in that moment, fair play to them. They they look at it and they go, Well, we just don't need a left back. We've got Van Dijk on that side. They're playing, they're skewing everything to the other side, by the way, which I think is is an underrated part of this. Everyone on their 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 team, when they're trying to attack, pulls left on their side. So we've got this all this space down there. He makes the big call with Diaz for Shimakas. And he deserves he deserves everything he gets for doing that and doing it that early. It wasn't a oh, it's the Alamo last ten, nonsense. It was there's still 40 minutes of football to play here when he does that sub. He knows it'll be a 100-minute game. There's 40 minutes of being on this pitch and he gives Liverpool every chance. No, but he's also got Gomez in reserve when it goes 1-0. I just think he looks like he's having the time of his life with the subs. He, he, he does. And to be honest, there's been people who've sometimes his eyes club
3: subs over over the years and I think yesterday was another example of he, how he can change it, change a game for the better. It, was, it had the potential to be a last five-minute scramble and putting balls in and stuff like that, but... You're right, there was 30-40 minutes left of the game. And Everton were offering nothing going forward. So we, we could afford to have the extra man in there. I think Harvey Elliott was brilliant. Yeah. Honestly, I think I think another all one season. all season. He was direct, he was positive, and you know, you can see a pass. He nearly nearly scores a great goal. Pickford tips and onto the bar. <laughs> he was about to score when the final whistle went, he went he out. Was running out on the <laughs> floor. It was
1: feeling so yeah, <laughs> I mean I think I think the substitutions were, were, were absolutely were absolutely great. I think on Elliot, it's been all season. Keel off the bench. You know, I think it I think he gets stuck in the mud a little bit of Brighton. But it's a weird game of Brighton, as I think we've all acknowledged subsequently, and, and, and as time passes, I think in our minds it'll we'll remember it as weirder and weirder. But off the off the bench all season, every single time he's come on, it's felt like he's made a huge positive difference.
3: new super sub? Yeah. Harvey Elliott. Yeah. To be honest, I agree. I agree. And he was a, 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 it was tough at Brighton. It wasn't just tough for Harvey Elliott. At Brighton though, it was tough for everyone, it was a weird fixture. And before that game, a lot of people were wondering who he was going to play. And I knew he was going to play Arvielli because I know he trusts him. He trusts him big time. And it just didn't work out for Liverpool that day. That doesn't mean that is not having a good season because he started at Brighton and it, and it didn't work out for Liverpool. I think I think yesterday shows that, you know, there will be times he starts. There will be, and they'll probably be soon.
4: He looks like he watches the game when he's on the bench. He looks like he comes on knowing what's needed. So, for example, get the ball to Salah a bit more. Like, come, let's. He, so you naturally just out that side of anyway, able but like, Keep feeding Salah, keep feeding. Got outside Salah as well. But your yeah. else was yeah, uh, and feeding more space. I, I know Josh said that. I mean, they went back to the old system, but Trent was still quite narrow in the second half, wasn't he, In the sense of like, yeah, well, the the both week. Yeah, I, I could see Salah was having to go well, with Klopp and Salah having a bit of back and forth. And I think Salah was almost saying, get into sort of get wide instead of that, and Klopp was sort of explaining to him, no, we want him, we we think they're going to work those those crosses. But Elliot done that really well. He, he's also one of them. I think he. You read the crowd a little bit as well, and thinks, you know, that I can. may maybe is the grumbles behind him in in the bench, and says, I'm gonna move this ball a bit faster. I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually, maybe, maybe sometimes it's a little bit of body language. It's like I'm gonna press this player a little bit more. So test, test the keeper. Yeah, test the keeper. Yeah, I mean, he do. He does look like a player. That some players come on and listen, he can all make an impact as a great talents. But some players come on and just come on. He looks like he comes on with a with an idea in his head of what what my impact's going to be on
0: the game. I think what he doesn't get credit for, because he's painted as just like, you know, real technician, creative kind of player, and I do think he made a difference to his game in that sense, but I think he had a massive impact on on just our ability to, to sustain attack mm. by being the first to react if if the ball was lost. You know, if, if Everton kind of got any kind of sniff, Elliot would react really, really quickly, and I think his, his pressing game, his counter press, is really underrated. He's not kind of like this physical monster who's going to regain the ball far too much for you or anything like that, but... He, he, he's more than willing to put a shift in, in that sense and I think he's a natural like a bit like a little almost. So
1: this this is one of the reasons why I think he's interesting off the bench is I think when he starts, sometimes when he starts and he's doing that and other players are just it's the first twenty minutes and they haven't been Liverpool yet. And um, Liverpool aren't the only team that Liverpool yet, Arsenal Liverpool yet. Man City, are the man you know, their the idea of you're gonna be second best for most of this game, get used to it. And I think that he sort of either lose a bit of confidence or loses a bit of zip. I think when he comes on, because he's got full, full match fitness zip from minute one and he's coming up against players who've already had an hour of this. I think that's part of because he's doing the right things all the time, Josh. But I think that players are just getting away with it with him a little bit more first 20, first 13 games. And so in your mind and in his own body, he's like, I'm not quite getting there. I think it's dead interesting when he comes on on 60, every single time he gets there. Because I think, and, and this is the fine margin to the game. You know, if you've already been doing 60 minutes running and now you've got Elliot to deal with. Well, suddenly now Elliot. I think, he, and I think that that's one of the ways, the substitution stuff is making a difference for him.
0: Yeah, it's worth noting as well. He had, he had a really good break, I think, as well. And, you know, with, with the Island Under-21s, I think he got two goals to assists. Captain. Um, yeah, he seems to be a really prominent player in that group now. And I think Klopp's usage of him as a substitute, I think he's kind of just, he's building them and building them, and you can tell there's going to be a point, I think, in in the relatively near future, where Elliot establishes himself in a team, maybe starts a few games in a row because of an injury, almost like Jones earlier in the, like around April period, Jones has kind of established himself now. With, if we if we're without Jones, some of us are a bit concerned, you know, in terms of the dynamics that he offers on the pitch, for the ingredients that he adds, and I think Elliot could get to that point soon. I think he's a few years younger. I like, think he's about twenty years, right? nearly. So, but he's got the makeup. He's got the he's clearly got the trust of the manager and things like that. I think it's just a matter of time where he gets a few proper chances. Other well, one that I thought was unbelievably exciting off the bench, K
1: was the big man. He's he's just electric. Um, when he was running through, I mean, I love the new the new way he's doing his butt. uh Let's be quite clear; it just, it, it just, adds, <laughs> it just adds another layer of, of of style and masculinity to the enterprise. where he's got the, the bit bobbing about behind him as well, I, I'm just I'm just overcome with thoughts of Battistuta as he's bursting through. It's it's too much for me in a number of ways. You know, I'm all a flutter, but he's he is just he's irresistible at the minute. Uh, everything he does is spot on. I actually think he was the most mature. Of all the Liverpool's force, the Jota had a good first half. It's really weird that Diaz and Salah have got so much end product in the game, but they both frustrated you. Diaz was putting himself in the position over and over again, and then he shows maturity at the very end when other players were taking shots when he could have squared it to, to Nunez. Nunez squares it to Salah when he could just go on himself, and Liverpool confirmed the victory. You can
3: you can see the development from when Nunez first played for Liverpool in that last goal. There, I mean, we've always we've always seen it from the off. He you know he, he's full of power, he's full of pace, he's got a hell of a shot on him anyone who you recognise recognises a striker can see Nunes had something straight away. But yesterday when he broke away, you can see he's always got salad in mind there and he, and he and the run's brilliant. And they will the, not do not be so selfish the time, you know, get a goal when Liverpool or tune 2-0 up. It was just pure maturity from him. Um I think everyone is on the same page with Nunes now. Yeah but they weren't at first, to be honest. And um I love him. I think I think he's a proper Liverpool striker. The whole the whole fan base love him. He gets you get excited and, you know, there's going to be some big moments in there as we get towards the later, the later stages of the season in the, in the, in the Cups and, you know, in hopefully a title race. There's going to be times where he stood in front of an away end and he scored the last-minute win and everyone's just absolutely piling to get to him. You, can see, you know, that's the worst type of player he is.
4: Compare it to, uh, yeah, the, the same situation. It was a City last year where he, r- he raced away and he had three on one and tried, yeah, tried yeah. to have a mad shot, didn't he? And yeah, you yeah, just yeah. compared the development in him. I think also he had a good break as well, didn't he? He scored a, you know yeah. last-minute penalty big goal against Brazil for Uruguay it's number 9 shit now it does feel like we're at a sort of we're at the point now where he's just gone okay I am going to be the main man for club and for country now it's on me isn't it and I think I think it was a good decision I would have started him and I actually look back on it and think it was a good decision because it was you, you risk the sleepy game and he ignites it, doesn't he? You know, he was coming on. I felt a bit for Harvey Elliott. The two of them are coming on, and everyone's shouting Nunez, Nunez. But you're thinking, well, okay, that's that's what you want. Anything from your sub, you want him to like, inject some energy, life, tempo, whatever it is, into the into the game. But also. When that's, let's not do him the service And have this agent of chaos sort of. No, not at all he's, he's becoming a really good player now As well as he? He's not still
1: making that. his technique Everything's becoming Better and better and better I, I, I think his teammates Don't use him well enough In that you know, There's about three or four times When Jota has the one That he piles into the side net And yeah. all he's got to do Is play a really easy yeah. square ball and Nunez is eight yards out between the posts and you'd like to think you know it ends up in the back of the net maybe it wouldn't but I think the Asians are chaotic I think of anything at it was almost the opposite right, when he came on I thought he came on and he came on with the full sense of right I'm going to canny this team and I'm going to sort this out and I'm, and I and that was what struck me was it wasn't he's going to shake it up here against the Blues it became actually he's just going to do loads of sensible stuff yeah players a good centre forward yeah.
4: yeah absolutely and you're right to point out Diaz and Salah You know, I've sort of come away thinking I didn't were poor, you know, or whatever And you go, know, Salah's got two goals Diaz has got a man sent off Both of the yellow cards He's won the penalty He should possibly have another penalty with the with yeah. Paterson one on another day, maybe you get it And he's denied the goal-saving tackle and You think,
1: I'll take that I'll take <laughs> that from a 90-minute nice game if, if this is their frustrating performance yeah. That's yeah. it And It's the number of options, Josh, as well You know, the manager's got Gakpo, he chooses not to even put on the bench. If that was a final, I think was probably on the bench. But he chooses not to even give himself the temptation. This is an overwhelming amount of attack and talent for 100 minutes of football. There's variance within there as well. And as I say there, you know, two of them can, you can come away feeling like, oh, his touch wasn't quite right and this wasn't quite right. And they've had massive game influence and contributions.
0: Yeah, I think if, if there's one thing that's been spot on since, since Klopp came in, it's been his ability or whoever's ability in terms of the recruitment team. To identify these really, really tricky forwards, and I think Klopp's kind of a—he's uh, referenced this line quite a few times over the years. He, he says like difficult to defend. That's kind of how he how he uh, how he um, outlines these forwards. And I think if you're getting in these players who are, who are just naturally difficult to defend against, even if they're playing poorly, just because of their nature, what they offer as players, they're gonna cause you problems. And I remember a game last season against Villa away. Nunes had something like nine shots or something. Didn't I don't think he scored. I think it was a bit of a messy one and everyone was focusing on that. But he was a menace. He was an absolute menace throughout. It was a nightmare for them. And I think Diaz is similar. Salah is similar. Just picking up on these players who were just capable of playing poorly and scoring two <laughs> and registering an assist, getting players sent off, um, making defenders running behind too much with to the extent where they don't know where they're going. And... Um, so yeah, Liverpool are just really good at picking up on these players. Uh, all right, a uh, bit of movement outside there, but we'll all we'll all crack on and
1: we'll continue and it'll be fine in the end. Uh, other just two subs. Come back to you on a first Neil. It's sensible around Kanata. I actually don't think the second one's even a foul. Um, when you see the video footage of it back, but you can understand why. Firstly, Evertonians are going, good God, uh, and secondly, you can also understand why the manager straight away thinks, you know what, the only way they're getting back into this is if something like that happens. So let's just sort of take it off right now. Yeah. Uh, and I think Gomez. I thought he did really well when he got on at left back.
4: Yeah, I, I think it is a foul. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he he gets him with his feet and his and his arm. I think it's definitely a second yellow. Um, but yeah, good good honk clock. You know that's that. You know, get away with one, so may take advantage of it. I thought Matt was brilliant when he came on as yeah. well. There was a couple of couple of ones where you like you thinking I don't have a problem with you if you just find touch in in the sort of right back position. Oh yeah, and, nice. and he doesn't just get, he almost. He almost deliberately sort of scuffs it so it stays low and goes under something Like that's just really, really helpful to do things
1: like that when you sort of you know you don't want to give them any any reason to, to put them under pressure. I remember those instances, and one of the things he struck me as because we, we we lose this sometimes in football, they were really home advantage passes. Mm. I know how this pitch works. Yeah. So there's a bit of a camber on the Anfield pitch, and he almost played, like. Yeah. and he's you know think of how many games has Matter played now where he's found himself on that channel and played the ball up the line, and I, I think you can sometimes we think home advantage is all the noise and all that sort of stuff. He literally knows Anfield And I, yeah. that plays into the way He does that there. I think it shows a real good It re- reflects really well on him And I think
4: on Gomez as well If you think about Gomez Coming on at left back It'd be easy for, for Matip to go around Coming on at 1-0 Or 0-0 I think it was no, wasn't, no, yeah. on, wasn't it? I'm going to come on And I'm no risks I'm going to You know It doesn't matter if I give a, give a throw in away As long as I don't give the ball away Gomez I don't need to go too high What if I get caught out playing it They don't They come on and go Well What does the team need The team needs me to be there I'm not Andy Robertson, but I'm gonna be high on the left. Yeah, and I'm gonna be in those positions. I think it, I think it's a really they've both had, I think, pretty promising starts to the season, actually, you know, sort of quietly uh, a lot of people, myself included, would have been like I don't think they've got a sort of they're not they shouldn't really be the options for the next twelve months, but they've done well in in the in the games and the the, the game time that they've had in difficult circumstances, obviously ten men and nine men and Playing out of position at right back and at left back, and you know in, in odd games, and um, and it's good. It's good, isn't it? So have you know two players who've played huge parts in Liverpool being very successful as your subs to come on in games wherever they needed. Um, just
1: last little thing on you know across the board uh, with them, they are difficult. Keo with the sub when the subs of that quality and they've got that much chances being talked about, it is difficult to sort of work out what it is that an opposition side can do. I do wonder whether or not, if the Evan are watching it back in the cold light today when it was 11 versus 11, they'll regret not having tried to get more of Chimacas, who just had a bit of a messy first half an hour. I actually think he's fine the second half an hour, I think the manager gets, gets a grip of him and has a chat to him. He's clearly just a little bit discombobulated first 30 in the game, and Everton really never hurt him. <laughs> and that, you know, in hindsight, you know, uh, there's one cross Harrison puts in where he, where, where, where Chimacas overcompensates, go one way and it goes the other. But the, the, the whole plan is pull Calvert-Liver onto that side and do some bits. It's just not enough of a plan. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just not enough of a plan. No, and I agree,
3: he did sort himself out a little bit. Massively. Fair play to it. him. But he, in, in the first half an hour, as you say, going forward, he seemed to be losing momentum for Liverpool sometimes. And at the back, he seemed to have a mistake in him or he seemed to have something in him that, you know, the Everton could expose. And I agree. I think Evan. I can't really remember whether it was a minute or two minutes or so, but they had a little, little something at the start. But then I don't remember them even going at him, to be honest. And that goes not just for Simicar, that goes on the other side as well. They didn't, they, they didn't even try and go down the other side. So I mean, they obviously had a game plan there, but yeah, Simicar sorted himself out a little bit after after the first thirty minutes, um, and he's obviously going to going to play again over over the coming weeks because of the injury. So um, we we'll, we'll see how he how he, how he does.
0: I think to an extent you maybe just start, start him in a few in a few games now in terms of including like domestic games you know games and things like that just to kind of get him up to grips get him up to grips with like the rhythm of the of the game and things like that because I agree I think he's whenever we've seen him over like maybe the past 12 months he he looks maybe like a slow starter or, or like it takes him a, a bit of time to get to grips with the pace of the game but I think that could just be because Robertson's never, never not there you know what I mean Robertson's constantly there so it's difficult for for any player really to get like Thiago. I think is another one who who maybe takes a few games to get up to the rhythm rhythm and I think if you introduce Thiago as a sub, I think he's generally much better as a starter. Um, but yeah, Simac is a bit of a curious one for me. I, mean, I, I was glad that he started. I think I'd st- I'd still persist with him in that. But I think Gomez, I agree with Neil. I think I think Gomez is is, that a, is, is kind of building himself, and I think he's almost. I think he's almost. Um, Benefiting a little bit from, you know, like last season when Trent was tested in, in like a new role, and and it kind of rejuvenated them a little bit. Gomez has played, you know, quite a few different roles already so far this season. In terms of like as a centre back, as an inverted full back on the right, now played some minutes on, on the left as a left back, um, and I think it's kind of just given them something new to focus on as opposed to, you know, I have to play as the the partner that Virgil had. A couple of years back, and he's maybe not living up to that standard. So maybe these new challenges are benefiting them. But it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens in that kind of Robertson spot moving forward. Like, I think what you see,
4: Simicast doesn't have. It's just a little bit of that variation that Robertson has, and they're both obviously very left-footed left backs. But Robertson does have that ability to do that. I'm going to play it down the line, and, he, and then sort of come in field and travel with it. With Simicast, felt like there was a few times that he's just painting himself into a bit of a corner where he's on his left foot and the only place he can go is sort of backwards to the goalkeeper and it's not a bad thing but he just doesn't maybe give as much variation when he's got the ball and it, it almost felt a little bit like Evan were happy to let him have the ball whereas I don't ever feel like that with Robertson I always feel like if Robertson's got it there's that connection with Diaz or whoever it is he, he's got a little bit more in him in terms of his, his, his quality on the ball Simicast's got good delivery No, I think his, his set pieces in particular are, are usually into really good areas but I think in general play I think you lose a lot when Robertson isn't there definitely
0: I think Robertson as well if he's caught like with a mistake on the ball or like that high up the pitch Robertson's got the recovery pace to get back in and kind of resolve the situation he most of the great bit. thing about Robertson yeah whereas I think Simakas in comparison maybe doesn't have as much of that in his locker really and I think it's similar in a sense of McAllister really I think if McAllister loses the ball in certain situations again he, d- he doesn't have that recovery pace there to resolve the situation immediately, like Zoboslai does maybe, there was a game a couple of weeks ago, maybe Wolves, Zoboslai mm-hmm. had a really bad start, because he's got such an engine, he can just recover the situation, it won't really hurt it as much, and it can make you look bad though, if you can't recover it yourself, and McAllister suffered from that a little bit, Simicast maybe a little bit, comparison to Robertson as well.
1: Okay, Um coming up now we've got John Gibbons, uh, speaking to Uber Butler, uh, about his TV show, which is a load of fun, uh, and very much worth watching, on Channel 4, so here's John and Uber.
2: And it's John Gibbons for the Anfield Wrap, and I'm joined by your friend of mine, Uber Butler, a uh, regular on the show now, letting us know uh, what ridiculous antics he has been up to. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, we'll all be pleased to know he's got an update. So, Uber, welcome back to the Anfield Wrap.
5: Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. As I said, sort of doesn't feel like I've been gone, given the fact that I consume all your content. <laughs> but uh, I'm happy to be part of it. Probably should say hello to myself. Uh hello.
2: Drink some water. <laughs> Absolutely. Um uh, it's, it's good advice. I mean, you, you say you know you used to sort of listening to us, and I've I've literally just got from watching you. So you sent me over the preview link of the program you've got, um, which was out uh last Thursday, but is available to watch for people on um channel four. I think it's it used to be called more for I think it's called Yeah. Channel. It's uh, their it's their channel. iPlayer, whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, Channel, channel, channel. Four. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, 40 day. Can we call it? Yeah. No, it's was that even older than that. Anyway, yeah, um, why not? Go go to channel four, watch what was on last Thursday, or hopefully you watched it already, and you will see Uber um going up against a giant um in Amazon. And it's 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 funny this because it does feel like to me anyway, you might correct me a bit of the departure to to what you've done in the past because you've Got your shed uh, to number one on on Amazon. Um, sorry, on TripAdvisor. Get me get me um, large corporations uh, mixed up. <laughs> yeah. um, you got your shed uh, to number one on TripAdvisor. Um, you bust yourself into Paris Fashion Week as a as a, a made up designer and got into loads of parties and had a really nice time. it's um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> there's loads of stuff. Um, there's loads of stuff on YouTube of you doing sorts of fun things. That but they seem to be like primarily designed to entertain, whereas this has gone up a notch and has got a more sort of powerful message behind it and is certainly going up against the more powerful organisation in Amazon. Would you say, all oh, that's fair? Yeah,
5: definitely. I mean, um, it, it genuinely couldn't have, we couldn't have picked a sort of bigger target for this film. Um, and I found, I don't know, I think that in the last sort of five years, I think that Amazon's sort of, presence in our lives has gone up so much you know even even more than than it had been before and sort of its impact on high streets and um you know just just literally how many drivers you see knocking around with the vans and um how many packages there are on every street corner and uh like you know uh all of the ro- like the cardboard and it's just genuinely like this thing which is which is becoming such a big part of our day to say lives Um, And is basically like water now. It's ubiquitous. And I I don't know, I just thought it was quite for me as someone who when I started making this film used Amazon all the time. um, I, I just thought it was an interesting thing to do to sort of ask myself sort of why why i guess i mean and when i started making the film i remember i was doing a german lesson just because i want to speak to jogan klopp in his uh, native (laughs) language uh (laughs) and and i remember my german teacher actually in a very german way challenged me on my own hypocrisy while i still use the platform and i was just talking about you know what was up to at work oh i'm kind of collecting bottles of piss uh (laughs) which your people will understand later uh and, yeah, I guess – so So I have to sort of acknowledge that that's a starting point for anyone, anyone watching, anyone listening, that they probably use Amazon um, and probably have a pretty good relationship with it. Um, but I think people have kind of a uh, – maybe an understanding in the back of their minds that the company maybe has done is up to some naughty stuff. Uh, and, yeah, this doc is kind of exploring that and trying to do it in – I hope it's not too much of a departure. I hope that it's still – entertaining and silly and noisy those are the things that i if it was a straight up dispatches uh then i i think there are plenty of other people who do a much better job Uh, (laughs) but, but a combination of like journalism with comedy is sort of what we've gone for with this
2: uh, I mean, yeah, you've certainly hit that mark, and it is really entertaining, and it's good to watch. I especially enjoyed uh, the lawyer who clearly thought you were a prick uh, for sort of, <laughs> most of it. Uh, um, You know, he was, he was, he was um, yeah.
5: but, hes one of the leading jurors in Britain. You know, yeah, I, met well. him, I met him in a pub, and I was like, "This guy is." I was like, "This guy is amazing." I was mm-hmm. like, "I wonder if I can get him on camera." Yeah. And lo and behold, I—I I, I did, and uh, yeah, he's—he's he's amazing.
2: Yeah. Oh. I mean at various points I think he wondered what he got himself into, but I think he jumped <laughs> by the end. But the the, the what you try to do in your 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 own unique way is to is to highlight we I mean, it goes in. It goes in all sorts of directions. To be honest with you, and, and goes in ways that you're not necessarily expecting. And at least three points, I thought you were going to go to prison. And <laughs> I, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest here, but you're far too pretty for jail. And, um, <laughs> I, and, and I can say, it to me. but but it starts with basically the idea that there's been a lot of talk, and, and like you say, Uber would all sorts of slightly aware of it, really, and maybe push it out of our minds, or or, or whatever. Is the idea that you know, it has been reported that Amazon workers maybe aren't treated in, in the best of ways that they could be. And that goes from the warehouse staff to the drivers in particular to well, it was you know, a lot of people who were involved and, and the drivers um have got such ridiculous targets on them that they're having to piss in into bottles and so you decided to highlight not just this but all the all the sort of worker practices that that amazon staff were having to um to, to 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 go through and you did become for a short time until you were rumbled um probably didn't help that you said what your real name was by mistake at one point but well what you know you could you can analyze that back when yeah. you watch the video mate but um yeah i'll um... be on monday night football <laughs> but, <laughs> So, so you experienced it, and you experienced, for example, you know, working in um, a really hot environment with a broken fan yeah. and sort of stuff like that. And so, so you, so you were there, uh, but you decided to highlight the fact that, in particular, that these drivers having to piss into bottles by getting an energy drink which contained drivers piss to number one on Amazon. Yes. A direct summary of what? Yeah, I, I, I,
5: in the the one word outline is a uh, you know I made a. I made a drink made out of bottled Amazon driver's piss, the number one drink on Amazon. yeah, And uh, it's called Release Energy Drink. I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, but, you know, um, different strokes, different folks. Gwyneth Paltrow could be flogging it soon. I don't know. It's got a kind of <laughs> health health product vibe about it, hasn't it? Um, yeah, I, I mean... That that whole segment is kind of, yeah, as, as, as you said, I went and worked undercover at Amazon, which is something which is very difficult to do because we we're secret filming. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into that, to be honest, mate. You know, it takes six months of conversations with lawyers to get permission to do that. Um, and then on the third day of work, I got someone recognised me uh, and we're like, Uber Butler, what the hell are you doing here? Why?" And I thought that my kind of misdoubt fire disguise... Uh, would, would would be all right. I would spray my hair brown and sort of like glasses but uh yeah, lo and behold the Clark didn't work <laughs> uh and and I, yeah yeah I mean it was it was quite brutal to be honest I used to work in a car factory when I was growing up for about I can't remember about six months um and I you know I was kind of didn't I don't think I, I don't think many people I don't want to speak for everybody I, I was never a great fan of that that work anyway uh it was always just something that I did because I needed money. Uh, to go back to it at uh, you know, 31 years old or whatever I was at the time um, and yeah it, there is a different there is a marked difference you know the targets you feel the pressure from the bosses the different the stuff we couldn't put in the film because I wasn't recording which is a shame uh, so we had to take it out um, but you know and and you know you're working with people who are talking about the fact there's kind of an open secret there that they all say oh you got, you're in pain kind of get used to it kind of thing um, and yeah, it was, uh, and then, you know, having people telling you that you know crying and t- talking to their bosses because they're in so much pain, and and then you know having to um, having to continue working and receiving what they see as like little sympathy. Um, so yeah, I mean that that is like there was a, a big challenge going in, and also again, so coming back to that thing with comedy and, and journalism, it's really difficult to know what to do with that because it's not really funny in any particular way. Uh, and that was why, obviously, then, as you say, we get out of the warehouse. We start focusing more on the delivery workforce and the fact that, you know, all over the world, I've not been to a fulfillment center around the world thus far that I haven't found bottles of piss outside of. Yeah. And 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 it, we kind of found in the film one of the managers kind of told us that um, this is because they they get penalized for every bottle of piss in the in the cab they come back with. They get a point, and if they get ten points, they lose a job. So. Uh, they chuck it out the window while they're just before they get in. And I've spoke, we spoke to loads of drivers and they said, look, you know, they're not happy. They feel it's demeaning. It's dehumanizing, but you know, they do it because, uh, because they, because the people who work slow tend to get, tend to lose their jobs. Um, And yeah, I mean, Amazon obviously deny a lot of this happens and uh, will sort of question. Probably most of what I said, there's a lot of right of replies from Amazon in the film. Um, but uh, yeah, this is my experience and what I've gathered over the past sort of two years working on this film. Um, yeah. Again, this is a lot of very, very uh, very deep detailed chat for ostensibly what is still a piece of entertainment.
2: I mean, there's, there's so much you know that I wasn't expecting when I watched this. I was aware that your, with, I was aware of your piss plan, um, largely, <laughs> um, largely because... Aware, I you, implicated. Well, yeah, yeah, okay, I guess you would describe it as, as an accomplice. Um, I, bought you, I bought Uber's piss, uh, not once, but twice. Uh, where, where, where he talks on board, it's it's uh, Yeah, we did text. It, and that's not even one of the strangest messages I've got from Uber, to be honest. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's not, not unusual uh, to be asked to do something something ridiculous in the name of his <laughs> arm so it's really interesting that and I think seemingly coincidentally you end up you know getting a job there at the time when there's lots of you know strike action and stuff like that and and the tactics that they use it around the union stuff but then there's also uh, a kind of a subplot which is around how easy it is for, for kids to buy knives and <laughs> when you talk about you know being you know on the sort of you know, on the cusp of serious journalism, but also entertainment. It is really funny watching a four-year-old buy a knife, uh, yeah. even though it shouldn't be. Uh, no, it shouldn't it, be. It is,
5: it is really funny. It's, it's twisted. <laughs> I and mean, That's my, 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 uh, my nieces, even Penny, who are little stars and they're amazing in it. But they, uh, yeah, we managed to order loads of different products, you know, multiple products that Amazon admitted later that they were completely, you know, wrongly listed. Uh, and, uh, yeah I mean there's a load of stuff they should not have been able to buy but they, they they did and there was no age verification we ordered like 70 67 I think it was different we did different orders of things that should have been age verified that we saw we spoke to someone from trading standards and they were like yeah this is all this is bad <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah it is true that they are cute and one of my, there's a point where. My, my niece, Penny, turns to me and says, we're having a knife party. Was, I'm like, okay. And then she just yeah, says... Yeah, I mean, they really got a taste for it, don't they? I think <laughs> it is fair to say. They really do. Uh,
3: yeah, And
5: like, yeah, the whole point being is that the Alexa doesn't have any sort of setting that, you know, if, an, if a product is badly listed and should be age verified, and there's tons of stuff that we found on there that fit under that category. Then, then anyone could just order it. And we were getting loads of them delivered, not only through the door, so you know they just come through the letterbox but also like to lockers at the side of the road like you know it's sort of anyone could could get those so uh yeah it is that segment in particular was like one that I I think is really good uh bad but good in terms of I'm happy with it as a piece uh because I think it's saying something important but also it makes me smile
2: (laughs) absolutely um in terms of what happens next, I don't think um, you're expecting to bring Amazon crumbling to its knees uh, with this documentary. As good as it is, um, thanks. Um, I don't think you're necessarily, you know, expecting this to bring the whole organisation down. But what I think it will do, and, and certainly what it's done to me, is sort of make us question ourselves a little bit. And you said that at the, at the top that, that that's happened to you, and and I sort of, you know, get there at the end as well by thinking. First of all, is it that important to get stuff that quickly? Like next yeah. day delivery is great, but can I wait a few more days for the hat? I probably can, uh, maybe. Although, although it has got colder, um, it remains to be know. seen. But can I? <laughs> but you know, can we can, can, can we all wait? Do we need everything now? Um, and I think that's the thing for society. You know, as cheap as possible is brilliant, but at the same time, if we're paying, say. 5%, 10% more for something that's a fairly low-cost item, and then that organization we buy mm-hmm. is, for example, paying tax, and then you don't have to fill the potholes, which you yeah. do, uh, but we might not have time to cover. Yeah, yeah, right. But, but, um, but, you know, you talk about the tax implications of, of what Amazon are doing as well. And basically, w- what impact I think it might make and hopefully will make, and presumably without putting words into your mouth, what you're after is to try and make us be... A bit more responsible consumers because Amazon points out and sort of not unfairly, although they are massively passing the book. But I take the point that this is coming from effectively consumer demand.
5: Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good point, and that's kind of I talk about throughout the film, establishing a pa- pattern of behaviour at Amazon, like that they, they love a loophole. Like you know, we we look at the way they. But the way that they deal with the union effort in Coventry, they use a loophole. They're taking loads and loads of workers, allegedly. Uh, and then uh, with the piss bottle thing, you know, it's all down to technically, it's on the it's the responsibility of the drivers. It's not really their fault. There's always a way out. That kind of that's the thing. You know, the thing with the age verified products. I don't know what the loophole is there, but the but and then the thing obviously with the tax stuff. There's loads of loopholes. Um, why am I talking about loopholes? Uh, yeah i I guess their biggest one the biggest loophole is is us really it's about what we want and what we give a shit about because if they are the most company uh, customer obsessed company on earth which they say um then they should care if we care um you know if we say that that isn't right i mean i think um there's there was obviously you know in 2016 before 2016 facebook were one of the most sort of trusted corporations in the world um, everyone, you know, loved that company. They used it religiously. Then you have obviously the two elections, the Brexit one and the Trump one in 2016, 2015. And now then the companies, the way people trust that company is completely changed. View, after that, Facebook was never the same. And before that, that was unimaginable. So I do think that things can change with these huge tech giants that are basically forming ma- like public infrastructure now is what we're talking about whether that's information on Facebook and your your relationships or with Amazon, it's consuming. Um, So, yeah, I I don't think that – I don't basically think that it's a world without these platforms is as unimaginable as we think. But I'm not – the film is not preaching to people, telling them to delete their Amazon or whatever or do, do whatever. I think it's basically just giving people, knocking the power into their court and telling them that Amazon is giving you a lot of power by saying that you're all they care about, so use it.
2: Absolutely. Um, the programme goes out, well, when I was on Thursday, we recorded it just before, it's, it's, it'll be out by the time you hear this. Um, You'll maybe know uh, whether Uber is in prison or not. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping not, but I will come and see you. Uh, uh, thank just, you. It's just, just out of interest, really. Maybe that's my my next documentary. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but you you want everyone to watch it Um is I it really available? Uh, internationally, I presume people could sort of log on and, uh, and watch it. We're international, you know, Uber, there'll be people uh, all over the world who can kind of watch it. Where did he go? What places did he go filming this? Come on. Uh, yeah, we went to LA. We yeah. went to uh,
5: Coventry, if you heard yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we went to, Jesus Christ, yeah, London. I, I, we went all around the surrounding areas of the southeast because that's where I live. Uh, where else did we go? I do not even think. Oh, when we were filling in potholes, yeah, we went all over the place. We we're filling potholes all around Britain, so like, yeah, Britain and then the US, basically, for this one. But we spoke to we spoke to drivers in Italy, Spain, uh, different parts of the world, like, yeah. So yeah, it's international. Trying to get on, trying to blag my way into having a lifestyle where I don't have to deal with London in uh, February. <laughs>
2: Well you're still my favourite blogger Uber Thank you so much uh, for coming on Best of luck with it I uh, encourage everyone to watch it What's it called? I don't even know what it's called It's called The Great Amazon Heist There we are, it's really good, I've watched it Up the
1: Okay, uh, back Thank you very much to Uber and thanks to John as well But I just want to do a little bit of Keo on, on the fixture It It's it's sort of deteriorating You know, and I think that it feels like it's an event It's put on the telly, you understand why it's put on the telly It's, it's literally the oldest derby in the country uh, it's the one that's been played the most times in the top flights, the one that's been played the most times, uh, including the top flights and major cup competitions. It's it's a game that's steeped in history. But the home fixture, the Anfield derby, it just feels to me like it's pretty much finished. I mean, it's a 12.30, and I don't want to... This isn't like supporter wars or bans. The Everton End was quiet but in comparison to what often the Everton End's unbelievably loud. I thought they were quiet. You know, 12.30 doesn't help. We were a bit quiet, although I thought we were all right in general. But still... It used to feel like a runaway train of a fixture, but now it just feels like a roller coaster in that ultimately it's going around on a track and everyone's strapped in and it's going to be all right in the end. And I I, I don't know quite what you're doing that. I, I think the problem is massively, obviously, where Evan's status is in a number of ways at the minute. But it just, to me, you know, I'm built up for it, built up for it, built up for it. And it almost finishes and I'm like, oh, was that it then? Yeah. I know what you mean. And I think there's few factors, a few factors
3: involved here. One being what we said at the start of the show about Klopp completely trying to remove that. And and so there's no big massive tackles flying in, in the first few minutes, and you know we treat them as a as a bottom half side that we play football against them. We grind down. That's a factor. The fact that is Everton are completely deflated as a fan base, and you're right, they weren't as loud. I mean, they got a they got a corner late on, and even that wasn't like you know a usual a usual Everton end. So. I don't know exactly how you fix it, I mean, I don't know what the score is, putting it, putting it at half-twelve after an international break doesn't help, to be honest, like, it doesn't have, I mean, I can't remember at, um, at half-twelve fixing it at a feel where it was absolutely rocking, you know, an hour before the team's walk out and, and, and everyone, you know, was singing for 90 minutes, it just them fixtures at them times just don't do that, but, you know, it is a derby and it should be more than that, it should be, because all week you are building up to that, you you know, you you're winding Evertonians up, they're winding you up. You're looking at videos of day, kite flying in on Phil Neville, and you think, you know, this is going to be tasty. And then you get in, it's not like that anymore. It's just not like that.
0: Yeah, I think that over the past couple of years, you know, maybe mainly since Klopp, really, but even dating back before that, it's they the just whole the opposites in terms of how they're being run as, as institutions. Like maybe maybe the spend isn't even that difference, but in terms of the decision making and and just how to build a squad. How to sell players? How to buy players? Where to buy players? Just completely different, and it's it's just resulted in over the years. I mean, there was already a bit of a gap, but it's just become a bit of a chasm over the over the past couple of years. And um, to the extent where now it's a bit of a non contest really. And it I said earlier on that like it felt like it didn't overly feel like a derby, and if, if if both teams were playing as silhouettes, it could have been Liverpool against, you know, I don't know, Bournemouth or something like that. It, it could have been that kind of game and. But I think most of all, it, it does stem from Liverpool over the years, just making really, really smart decisions in the market. Um, with the exception of maybe last summer, I maybe got it wrong that time, and maybe you know the the two clubs come a little bit more closer together that time. Um, and Everton just being you know c- consistently fighting fires and um, not really building anything sustainable and, and that sort of thing. Where we we talked
1: through the season, nail on and off about you are looking at you know fifteen teams who've got at least one player who's going to who scare the life out of you. The one I always come back to is Wolves, and Neto Wolves will probably finish 12th, 13th, 14th, maybe even 15th, but Neto, top-quality player, no getting away from it. I think Calvert-Lewin's great. I think he's really impressive, but he can't do it on his own. He's not Neto. He can't get you 40 yards up the pitch. That's not the sort of football that he is. And Calvert-Lewin is sort of their one, and he's well better than anything that Burnley have got or Sheffield have got or you know, the other lot Luton have got. You know, He's well better than anything any of them have got, and he's part of the reason why they will, they'll be absolutely, you know, all things being equal, they may not be, but all things being equal, they should be fine. Uh, But they're in such, such trouble off the pitch. One, for reasons that some of that Josh has gone into and which, uh, you know, a lot of people, but more and more people are beginning to report, number one. But also, number two, it is just sort of symbolic of the gulf between the sides who are in the top six of the Premier League and the sides who are in the bottom six. It is almost like a different division of football now.
4: Yeah, that's it. I I was listening to um, a podcast about Italy or about the the international being talking about Italy and saying, you know sort of big fuss made about England beating Italy it's like well Italy haven't got any world class players you know it's like but where are the players and I think there is a bit of that with Everton where it's like you can go to Anfield with your hope and you can think oh, we might just nick one today but you're not going there with this sort of like if he has a good game today the, the, he'll, he'll tear them apart or you know they will they'll, they'll find it hard to contain they haven't really got any players that you sort of you get behind and it's Corey scored three or four this season you barely saw him on Saturday if you'd yeah. know what I mean and, and that a lot of yeah. it's how the building oh. So he's he's, he's like the number ten. Yeah. You know, Abdullah Decora. You know, you think even just a few years back the Hamas Rodriguez and you know just a, f- a little bit more at Luca Dini even you were sort of thinking well at least they're, they're sort of quality sort of players. How you're looking in around that team I think James Garner's a decent player and I think Brampuite's a decent player. Calvert- Loon is but you're really looking and saying there's not much inspiration. There's not... I mean, who, who are you getting on your shirt? If you're an Everton, if you're a young Everton fan, who's your, who's your man? You know, who are you going to? And do you know what, that's, that's our sort of star player, really. You know, they don't really have that about them, do they? And I think that's... That is a worry for them. Obviously, short-term, medium-term, and it's another reflection of what Josh says, really, though, they've they've consistently managed to to manoeuvre their way out of having good players, almost they've they've either not been able to hang on to them, or they've they've overlooked them, or they've just gone and bought the wrong ones, or they haven't had the money to buy the right ones.
1: And also, there's of the, another but now there's the whole off the pitch thing, which yeah. just looks like yeah, yeah I mean, we're now at the point where this is, we're genuinely talking here about job losses if, mm. if things go a certain way. And I think you know very much I don't want Everton to win as much as a tombola, but I don't want people in I don't want people in Liverpool to yeah. to, to to end up with. In a situation where you could be looking at job mos- job losses en masse because of other clubs being run,
4: yeah, it's it's frightening, really, isn't it? And it, it I don't know whether I just haven't seen it, but it does feel a little bit like it's sort of crept up on people and, and and not really been as huge a deal. And maybe that's a little bit a part of the, what you're talking about the, the fixture in the sense of I've Everton almost slid into this kind of void of they're not even really talked about, you know, as much as they should be in a good way or a bad way. They, yeah. they're, they're not even the focus isn't even on them as much. Um. The next few weeks for them, next couple of months, a huge. And you know, you never. They might like job losses. You talk about point point losses, and they haven't got a lot to give in that sense. They're under a lot of pressure off the pitch. You know, maybe that explains why the away ends a little bit quiet at the moment. And you know, as I say, I spoke to a lot of Everton fans on on Sunday, and it was it isn't the same conversations that you you often have around derbies of sort of even even the sort of. The injustice of of, of the the canate decision. Exactly. a karaoke version of it all. Yeah, a little. I, I saw. I heard one of the lads said, actually said, perfect, perfect result for everyone. You get the points. We get the sort of semi moral, you know, ha- um, what's the word? Up a g- bit of high ground, high ground.
1: That, to Clint, that's exactly example. the word. Um, but in the end, it was almost like yeah, all the hits were played. Yeah, everyone got what they wanted, uh, including the two 0 defeat. Uh, more accurately, the manager. I'm just struck that he and I understand why he does the same thing in the game against Arsenal he's he's, he's, he's setting up for, for it to be 1-0 on 90 and I understand I don't think it's ridiculous but I just think that you can't keep going to that well over and over again and think you're going to bring people with you um, 1-0 on 90 is just no way to live um, certainly when people are giving up the free time and a fair bit of money uh, but anyway um, Toulouse Josh there's a thing we've done all season where everyone will think oh, he's got to make wholesale changes uh, because it's the Europa League game and then the team comes and he's not made wholesale changes And I feel as though this is going to be another one, not least because it's three homes for Liverpool in a week, where we're going to think he's going to make wholesale changes. And then he doesn't. And I think he's doing that. Like, I, for instance, think there's a fair chance Schimacast starts. I think there's a fair chance Gravenberg starts, because he's managing fitness and rhythm into these footballers who may be lacking a little bit of it. There's a chance Trent starts for me, because, again, he's not had a ton of games recently. Um, You know, I think there's a chance Salah starts, because it's at home, and... He's not got a training session on Friday, you know. So I, th- when I say pick as a team, I I think that we always sort of default to a sort of a, oh, it'll be nine in and,
0: and, and two will stay and all this. I think there's a chance it's maybe just not quite that. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, well, like I said before, you know, I think I'd, I'd probably start Simakas, to be honest. Um, I would be interested to see Gomez from start to finish in this left-back role just to see how he interprets that. But um, I would probably play Simakas just because he's he, he's so, like, so free of minutes that you can just you can probably just play him for a fair few games in a row now and not really worry not really about problems or anything like that Um, he does seem to have a bit of a second string team at the minute and I think the general goal is to keep everybody to a certain degree match fit uh, and sharp enough to be able to come onto a game in the Premier League maybe and, and not really feel the pace too much but I think there's certain players at a level above that who have to be as sharp as possible at all times like a Trent like a Salah um. And if, if if they need minutes to just kind of get to that optimal level, you probably play them ahead of, say for example, like giving minutes to I don't know an endo or someone like that who might need them a bit more than Sam to just getting to the standard level of sharpness. If you see what I mean?
1: Absolutely, that's what I think it is. I think you know, Cale, I think that we again in our heads we see it as as energy levels and we see it as don't take a risk because of injury. But the thing I keep going back to is, they're playing Thursday night and whether we like it or not, they're playing Thursday night. So that means that they're not training Friday properly. So playing training and training's playing and I, that's why I genuinely I think there's every chance Salah gets at least 45 in this one on Thursday night uh, off the basis of well I, we want to keep him sharp before we play against Nottingham Forest it's an eight day gap between the two so I, I understand why a lot of Liverpool support me I can't believe he's risking Salah in yeah. this one but his flip side is well, if, 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 if he's blunt when the Forest game comes I don't want that either Night, yeah. I think we're going to have to get into the rhythm that this is a little bit of what he's going to do and also you we, we talked earlier in the show about these players
3: hardly playing together you know, this season maybe eight or nine games is the is the most uh, you know, midfield's played together or or you know, some of the forwards have played together. So I think there's an opportunity to for Liverpool to keep finding rhythm and as you say, to keep people extra sharp. I do think um you'll I think there's a possibility Elliot could start. Yeah. I think I, that, I, think, that, I think um I, I think he will probably go with Simmass, but he made the point before the the Derby. Didn't he, in the press conference where he said, you know, uh he, is not gonna play every every game between now and Roberts Took coming back. Luke Chambers off in the twenty ones at half
4: time yesterday. Didn't Quantia yeah. and Chambers both went off at the break. So Gantling came on, he was on the bench
3: on, on Saturday. Got forty five himself. Yeah. So I think we're not we're, we're not gonna see a point in the Europa League where where Klopp plays what we class as a weakened team. I don't think you're gonna see that. But you're also probably never gonna see a full strength. First at Premier League 11 Until the later rounds It's going to be somewhere
1: In between that, not it I think it's that interesting That I think also five subs We've talked about five subs In one sense Five subs also plays into this You know five subs Is half your outfield yeah. And that yeah. He can change half his outfield He can give two different players 45s each He's still got He's still got three subs To play with Second half This is, None of this is taken To lose lightly Although it is worth saying They've, they've, they've only won two the 10th in the league, they've only won two league games so far this season, but they are difficult to beat, they drew with PSG. So I'm not, it's not taking them lightly, but I think the manager is, I think we see manager and fitness as, well, he just doesn't play, and he just doesn't play, and he just doesn't play. I think the manager sees manager and fitness as, no, I want them as sharp as possible for the games, I want them as sharp as possible. Yeah, Salah and Nunez started the, the Union-Sangelo game,
4: didn't he? So I could could see a similar situation with two of them, I mean, you could poke to come back in. they have got a few missing that would have probably been looking at the Europa League by Chetich, Ben um, Not not available at the moment Thiago obviously he's still not available You think There's a few that are sort of I think are absolutely Nailed into stock I think Kelleher starts Yeah He wasn't fit obviously For the, the last game But I think he's, he'll come in for it I think Quanter will start yeah. 100% um, You think, I think, starts, I, think Endo. I think Endo starts Yeah Absolutely And you would have to say Curtis will play With, with being yeah. still suspended You've got four of mine there Excellent Keep going Yeah I like like um, go. Okay I mean I suppose it's tough on because Gakpo wasn't on the bench but he's back training I think he's probably straight in for me um, yeah I'm looking at the, the, the centre-back situation and the right-back I think Gomez plays at right-back and Matip at centre-back um, and then yeah you can pick I mean Elliot
1: Elliot probably deserves deserves a start and needs a start uh, what am I missing? Uh, left I I think he might go for Trent over Gomez in yeah. a weird way just sim- it, might, it might be one of them where Trent just gets 45 uh, I, I I'm I'm with the the young lad at left back I think I think
4: that that's telling I think that he's took he, he's he's had a look at both of them in an under 21s game on I the game Benfica as well so like, yeah yeah level. You know, it was, a, you know, it was a quite a strong 21 side I'd beat Yaros in goal I had quan obviously played who's almost elevated himself above that level um K Gordon came off the bench in in the second half as well how did he look I didn't see it, but uh, 25 minutes he got, so that's uh, you know money in the bank as far as yeah. he's concerned. So you know later in the season, hopefully we'll see him sort of start to push around that end. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm looking at it. it might be one of them where you've just sort of let the two out of the cages and see who runs the furthest. Then you've got Luke Chambers and Callum Scanlon, they're two young, good young players who I don't think would be phased playing at Anfield. So I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be averse at all to playing on one of them on on Thursday night.
0: Yeah, I think the, the back line is, the, is probably the incest one for me. I think we've obviously got like a multitude of options up front, uh, and we kind of know roughly what it's going to be in terms of like that, that established five is going to be three of them really, isn't it? maybe Dougal will get thrown in there. But in terms of the back, say, for example, if you do play Chambers, maybe you want a bit more of an established player next to him, maybe Virgil then plays. I, I can't see Virgil playing personally, but I would like to see Kwanzaa play. You probably don't play Kwanzaa with Chambers at the same time. You probably give them 45 each, maybe, or something like that. But it's going to be interesting to see what he does, um, because I don't want say on a pitch, uh, even though he came off early. I don't really want Virgil playing personally, but other than that, I'm quite easy regarding the back. I'd be interested to see, in- interested to see, like if he's if you doing the Jones as a right back thing again. You know, we did yeah. that a couple of weeks ago. But Do he as a left back, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> But it's it feels like a bit of a, a competition where we can we can get match sharpness, but you can also experiment as well in a tactical sense. So I think that's been interesting for me to watch. Like, we're all confident going into it. Confidence, yeah, confidence. I think we've got I think we've got a squad that
3: can that can do this. You know, I can I don't think it is a case of you know play the kids like it used to be anymore. And we keep our Premier League squads completely away from this competition. It's a chance for people to you know keep 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 progressing, keep developing. I think. I agree. You'll play Elliot and Jones in midfield. I think you'd that, I think you see Quanter. I think after Matt at the weekend coming on looking so assured, you'll play as well. So, like, semi strong side, and we're, and we're doing two or three nil. Yeah, I've got to be confident. I mean, the the, oh, yeah.
1: the, the, the thing is, it's always worth remembering. And it was for Union uh, as well. It's the biggest game of these two lose players' lives. So, so you've got to respect that. You've got to respect that for them. This is it. This is the one that when they want. Is when the the when the groups come in. That's not to say they can't get out the group. It's interesting where the group currently sits. I think that's also in Liverpool's favour, Neil, and if there's a chance that Liverpool, if they can get to 12 points from four games, may well be qualified could it top. Yeah, because everyone else can take points off each other. But it is worth saying for for the Toulouse players, this is this is a huge, huge, huge football match.
4: Yeah, it is absolutely. I think that maybe feeds in a little bit to the, the performance of Union in that game, and yeah. I think they they, see, they do feel it as a little bit like tourists. Um, I don't think it'd be like that over there, or it wouldn't have been out like that over there had had it been the reverse fixture. But yeah, it's the way Liverpool handled that game it was very
1: sleepy sort of second gear 2-0 win I wouldn't be at all surprised if it's something similar on, on Thursday the one that does happen in the Union game that, doesn't, that is they have a couple of opportunities first half to stop it from being that sleepy 2-0 and maybe making it a sleepy 3-0 or 4-0 and I think that's what he'll if there's something to take from the derby where they don't counter-attack they counter-attack very well until the halfway line and they don't counter-attack very well after the halfway line until Nunez comes on Josh I think that might, that might be something he does want to see an improvement of from both the Union game and that one is that, lads, when these opportunities come, we've got to be a bit more ruthless. I don't care who the opposition is, and maybe, just maybe, that's what you might get to see first half against Toulouse.
0: Yeah, and I think it could be it could be quite uh, entertaining games, to be honest. Like, I've never actually watched Toulouse, but from what I know about them, they've, they're kind of building this like really attacking identity. Um, quite repful. Yeah, yeah. Um, very much like a data-driven club. I think they're, they're involved with the whole red Redbird stuff, um, and they won there. They got promotion through Through goals above anything else Uh, Damien Camoli's over there And he's he's kind of talked about All this sort of stuff So I I think it could be along the lines of like uh, Do you remember when we faced Salzburg at Anfield A couple of years back I think it was 4-3 weren't it? I don't think they'll they'll test us to that extent And I don't think there'll be any little miniminos in there For for us to scout or anything like that But um, I think it could be too early attacking I think they're going to go into it Knowing that it's quite unlikely That they're going to steal anything from us and with that being the case no one has to kind of building this identity they might just kind of go out there and, and basically have a go and, and see what happens almost Excellent stuff I look forward to a Thursday night in the Europa League it's been a pleasure uh, this one thanks a lot to
1: Uber and to John uh, and in the room produced by Andy Heaton and Sam Walker and I'm, we've had uh, Neil
0: Jones Josh Williams uh, a new newsletter I believe Tactics what are you doing Yeah yeah um, I've been doing stuff for .com for a while but uh, it's it's kind of back on the echo scene now a little bit um, and every week I'm doing a uh, a, a kind of a long read on on the Liverpool game over the weekend, and it's it's only available on the app. It's on the paid side of the app. They're hoping that my audience comes over. Oh yeah, uh, which is probably a, a, a nice positive for me. Like uh, whether, <laughs> it's, whether it's happening or not, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. To be honest, I'm just avoiding perfect. the numbers for now. But, uh, always uh, avoid the numbers. Definitely. I, keep trying to tell me? Just I mean, the, the, the big the big thing with the uh, the Echo stuff though. Pe- people people hate the adverts, and if you look, if you if you go on the app. It's completely ad free and you can read along, read tactical, read on, on Liverpool's like I touched on there, the Diaz as a left back thing, rather than just touching on Craig Pawson and being centre stage, you know, that kind of stuff rather than reading about yeah. the the narrative stuff that you'll see in the back of the papers.
4: Excellent. So I all go more with you? Yeah. Can relate to Josh there with the uh, bringing the numbers over and bringing the doing And so I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a daily struggle. You've got to get out of that refresh habit. But uh, yeah, all good. All good. Plenty to uh, plenty to keep you. Only light up w- Once weeks. a week, only let yourself up uh, once a week. Don't the Craig cannon. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. I, I try to avoid that anyway. To be <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, can you have
3: any gigs coming up? Yeah, I mean, I've got I'm in Los Angeles in a couple of weeks. Man. There's a sports club out there. Um, but the biggest gig at the moment was working with You lads last week in Brighton. No, modeling I am t- going to say. Oh, but but the t shirts are Marv's. Oh, I forgot mean
1: the t shirts. Uh, don't look at the numbers.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't look at anyway. them now, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Madeline,
4: uh, I didn't know he was a musician. I just thought he was
1: a. Also, I should have said earlier on, by the way, if you are in the United States, we'll be in the United States. So, is in Los Angeles, we're there as well. Haran's going to kill me. I said to him, I'll go big on it. I'll do it before anything else. I said to him and I've done it last So buy tickets because Craig will not slaughter me in the office if you do uh, We are in the United States We will be going to, well, well we're in, in North America Because we're going to Chicago Then we're going to Vancouver During the November international break Then Los Angeles, then Phoenix Then Austin, then Atlanta I've just done it on the paper there It's a big sea uh, around the continent of North America Do come and see us if you've got the opportunity to do so We'll be in all those places Having a whale of a time Especially because this team are that good uh, Liverpool one point off the pace uh, as it stands. And ultimately, the next three touch all the wood in the world. They should be relatively straightforward. It's the time to make hay while the sun shines. That's the Anfield rap.
5: Sports Social
4: Podcast Network.